Hey mama, welcome back. This is episode 15 on the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. And today we're going to actually be talking about a topic that you probably have a lot of questions about, but maybe don't actually feel comfortable asking those questions to most people. We're going to talk about pain during pregnancy, common musculoskeletal concerns that you might have when you're pregnant. So things like incontinence, things like pelvic pain, low back pain, pelvic girdle pain, all the pain basically. And these are things that are experienced by many, many pregnant women. I've gotten a lot of questions about how do you alleviate these types of pain? Is there things that you can do to be proactive in lowering the risk or reducing the risk that you're going to get these types of pain? So today we're going to be talking about what these things mean. So we'll talk about incontinence, pelvic pain, We'll talk about low back pain, and, and then we'll talk about actually some exercises and movements that you can do specifically for low back pain and also for pelvic girdle pain and just what to do if you have those things. So without further ado, here we go. Hey mama, welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where you can learn how to stay fit, healthy, and feel good during and after pregnancy. I'm your host, Kelsey Lee Miller. I'm a certified pre and postnatal coach, and I believe as moms, we show up as our best when we prioritize caring for our bodies. When you're equipped with the right tools, you can show up confidently in your workouts, in the kitchen, and also in life. If you're here for that reheated coffee and those nap time workouts, you are in the right spot. It's time to prioritize your own health so that you can feel good in your skin again. Let's get excited for today's show. All right, all right. So yes, today we're talking all about pain during pregnancy. So physical pain in different muscles that you have in your body that is a result of you growing a little human inside your womb. So first things first, we're going to just jump in and start talking about some symptoms that might indicate that your pelvic floor isn't working optimally. And if you have any of these symptoms, it might be a sign that you've got some type of dysfunction going on. So listen closely as I kind of read through these and you can see if you've got any of them. So if you've got any type of feeling of heaviness in your pelvic floor or bulging, if it's challenging for you to poop, if you've got difficulty with functional tasks, like by functional, I just mean things that you're doing daily. So squatting up and down, picking things up off the floor, walking around, lifting things in general, if any of those things are painful. If you've got low back, sacroiliac, which is just your hip joint in your pelvis or hip pain, if you've got abdominal pain, if you have pain during sex, if you feel like you're having to run to the toilet all the time, or you're not being able, like you're not able to sleep through the night without having to get up and urinate often, feeling like something is going to fall out of your vagina, all of those things can indicate that your pelvic floor is not doing what it should be doing and that there's something that needs to be fixed there. So there's a couple definitions that I'm just going to briefly go over so we're all on the same page. We know what we're talking about today. The first one is incontinence. Okay, so there's a few different types of incontinence, but urinary incontinence is basically talking about when 
you involuntarily lose urine. So urine comes out. It wasn't something you decided to do. And there's a type of urinary incontinence that I'm going to focus on today called stress urinary incontinence, which is essentially talking about when you're losing urine involuntarily during physical activity. And this is actually extremely common among active women. And I remember being surprised to find this out because I had this when I was pregnant. And there's been several studies that have looked at this, but almost 50% of women that were surveyed experienced some type of stress urinary incontinence during pregnancy. So that means that one in two women is involuntarily using urine during physical activity. And I will link that study in the show notes if you want to check it out. It was one done in 2016 and it just surveyed women who were going to exercise classes and gyms and asked them about symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction. And that's what they found. Another specific study that looked at a bunch of female athletes showed that more than 50% had urinary loss while participating in their sport. And certain sports had higher prevalences of urinary leakage. So if you are young and fit and you are pregnant, you may experience this. So that's urinary incontinence. There's also fecal incontinence, which is much more rare. That's only happening in about 5 to 10% of the gen population that is pregnant. And this is obviously going to be much more devastating for a woman who's experiencing this because, you know, if you're having a little bit of urine leakage, like when you're running or jumping or doing active things, that's something that you could just solve by sticking. You can wear a little panty liner in your underwear to catch that. And we're going to talk about things in a little bit on this episode that you can do to help promote strength in your pelvic floor muscles to reduce the likelihood that you'll have this. But fecal incontinence is just, this tends to occur in women who have either an injury to the anal sphincter, which could happen during birth. So if you've already had a child and you're pregnant again, if you've had trauma from a previous birth or surgery, basically. So that's the lowdown on incontinence. I know it's not Super fun to talk about all that, but if you are experiencing urinary incontinence or stress urinary incontinence, know that it is fairly common and that there are some things that you can do about it that we're going to get into in a little bit. The next thing that we're going to talk about that a lot of pregnant women experience is pelvic pain. So pelvic pain is also fairly common, not as common as urinary incontinence. It's 24% of women who are pregnant experience pelvic pain. So that's more comparable to the percentage of women that experience low back pain during pregnancy, which we'll talk about next. But some of the symptoms for pelvic pain could include, incontinence is actually a symptom, could be a symptom for pelvic pain. If you're having pain with sex, if you are having trouble going to the bathroom, peeing and pooping, both of those things, or you're having pain with those. Even musculoskeletal pain, like if you're having neck pain and headaches and pelvic pain, the definition of pelvic pain is it's a persistent pain that's perceived in the structures related to the pelvis. So yes, it can happen in men and women. Some of the reasons why it could occur are If you've had a C-section before, if you've had an episteotomy before, 
which if you're not familiar with what an episteotomy is, it's just a small cut that is made between, it's going to get a little graphic here, between your (laughs) vaginal opening and your anus to kind of make that opening larger for childbirth. So that's what episteotomy is. So if you've had previous miscarriages, if you've had IBS or trauma to the tailbone or high levels of stress, I mean, there's actually quite a few things that could cause pelvic pain when you're looking at the research and actually paying attention to what that looks like. So pelvic pain Like I said, it's fairly common at 24%. As far as exercise goes, there are certain implications that you need to be aware of for pelvic pain that could increase symptoms for that. So most of the time, if you've got pelvic pain, it means you're having difficulty relaxing the muscles of your pelvic floor. And consequently, the abdominal muscles that are interconnected with the muscles of the pelvic floor and also the gluteal muscles. So All of those muscles are very interconnected and work well together when they're functioning properly, but when they're not functioning properly, it's, you know, it's not going to be good for you, but learning how to relax those muscles is really, really important. So essentially what, you you know, if you have pelvic pain or if you have experienced any type of incontinence. One thing that, and I talk about this in my courses, my bells and bellies, and I talk about this a lot on my Instagram, but learning how to breathe properly and optimally, really, we're talking about learning to breathe optimally at rest and during exercise is key to helping your pelvic floor muscles function the way that they are designed to function. So yes, there are certain exercises we talk about, you know, what those are in my course, but there's, there's certain exercises that you, you know, you might want to avoid that are not going to be helpful if you're having pelvic pain. And so if you're breathing optimally at rest and during exercise, and what I mean by that is you're not holding your breath when you are exerting yourself. So during exercise, learning how to do this is actually fairly challenging. And a lot of women don't do this well because they're just not aware of it. And it's something you have to be really intentional about. So during the exertion portion of the lift, so the part where it is the hardest, this is where the muscles are shortening and you need to exhale during that portion. In my Bells and Bellies course, I give you workouts every four weeks that are safe for you to do for each portion of your pregnancy. And I tell you for every single exercise, this is when you're going to exhale. This is when you're going to inhale because it's hard to know when that is for a lot of things. Like for example, for a squat, the exertion portion for a squat is when you are pressing back up for a deadlift. It's when you're pulling the weight off of the floor and standing up. So it depends on the exercise, but if you can practice the core pelvic floor breath, that's what I call it, but it's basically a breath learning how to expand your diaphragm, expand the muscles of your pelvic floor, push them out and down while you're inhaling, and then contract your abdominal muscles, bring in and contract the muscles of the pelvic floor while you are exhaling 
And if you can practice that at rest and then just practice the inhale and the exhale during the appropriate time during exercise, this is going to help ensure that your pelvic floor muscles are working the way that they should. So the good news for you is that it's actually a fairly simple thing to do just to learn how to breathe properly. So learning how to breathe properly is really important and it is simple in theory. It does take practice and it does take intentionality to do. So that can help with incontinence that can help with pelvic pain. The next thing we're going to talk about is low back pain. If I could have a dollar for every time I've heard a pregnant woman say, I have low back pain, right? This is a super common thing. Like I said before, sometimes it's hard to distinguish when, especially in different studies that have looked at low back pain, whether you're talking about pain that's related to like the pelvis or whether you're just talking about the low back. So the combined pain where we're talking about like pelvic pain and pain in the low back, it has been reported to be as high as 72% of women saying that they have that type of pain. So anywhere from 24 to 72%, that's a large chunk of pregnant women. So if you're listening and you have low back pain, know that you're not alone. That's really common. And it makes sense, right? If you think about the amount of weight that is being added to your abdominal region as your baby is growing and growing, low back pain is just going to be a precursor to all of that additional weight that's now loading the front side of your body. And it's your body trying to compensate and, you know, find a way to hold that up. And sometimes that can cause pain. So the good news for you is that exercise has been shown to be extremely beneficial for low back pain in pregnant women. So if you're working with a coach, they will probably have some type of screening tool that they use to just find out some basic information about your health history and your lifestyle, look at your posture, at your fitness level, all of these things. I actually have a screening questionnaire that I use for my courses. And I mean, it's important to go and talk with your primary healthcare provider first, just to screen for some red flags that might be occurring and try to find the cause of your low back pain. So some pregnant women experience a lot of low back pain relief with manual therapy. So if they're going to like a chiropractor of some kind or a massage therapist or physical therapist that specializes in working with pregnant women. So that can help sometimes taping or like kinesio tape as the belly gets bigger can also help. But as a coach, that's not something that I do. However, what I can recommend and what I can help you with are exercises and movements that can help you feel strong and confident in your body and that can help alleviate that low back pain. So a few of those, and I'll just list some of them here so that you can practice these at home, but a few of these are fairly simple to do. So if you've got a stability ball and you can work on pelvic tilting on that stability ball where you're kind of pushing your hips forward and then tilting them back, also doing hip circles on the stability ball can be really helpful. And these are exercises that I do include within my course as well. So if you're looking for something that's already done where you don't have to think about it, I would definitely recommend checking out Bells and Bellies on my website. These are, these are some dynamic stretches that you can do 
at home that you don't really need a ton of equipment to do. So the cat camel stretch, that's the one where you're on all fours and you arch up into a cat-like position and then you kind of extend the neck and push the belly down towards the ground and kind of arch in the opposite direction. There's some standing pectoralis stretches that you can do. So the pec muscles, your chest muscles, the doorway stretch is a good one where you've got your arm up at a 90 degree angle and that's your your elbow and your shoulder and you're kind of pushing and twisting inside the door so that you can stretch out your pec muscles. Stretching out your hip flexors can be helpful, but it is important to say, I think that there's no specific exercise or no single exercise that I can say, if you do this, it will take away your low back pain. So we know from the research that that's not true, but the best kind of exercise program that you could do is one that's going to be A, enjoyable for you and B, that's designed thoughtfully with your pregnancy and your abilities as you progress through each trimester in mind. So one thing studies have shown is that if you do exercise regularly during pregnancy, women who do that have less low back pain and can also handle, if they do have more back pain, they can handle it better or more easily. So you're better able to cope with it during pregnancy if you do have it. I also want to throw out there that it is important to pay attention as you are exercising. And if something does bother your low back, say something about it to your coach and let them know, you know, that that's important and you should feel safe doing, communicating that with them as well. So strengthening in general, the muscles of the low back So exercises that are going to help you do that throughout your pregnancy and even starting to do those prior to pregnancy are great. So obviously, depending on where you're at during your pregnancy, you may or may not be able to do certain types of deadlifts or stiff-legged deadlifts, also known as RDLs, back extensions. Things that are just generally focused on the back can be helpful in alleviating that low back pain because you're just making sure that you've got a stronger base to work with when that pain presents itself. Okay. So we've talked about incontinence. We've talked about pelvic pain. We've talked about low back pain, and now we're going to talk about pelvic girdle pain. So pelvic girdle pain, it affects many women during pregnancy, and it's kind of hard to estimate because sometimes it's hard to tell, do I have low back pain or do I have pelvic girdle pain? And basically what it's talking about, the type of pain is affecting the sacroiliac joint, which is, I will actually put a picture on the article on my website so that you can see exactly where this is, but it's on the the front side of the pelvis towards the midline of your body. And it also can affect the pubic symphysis, which is kind of directly in the midline towards the lower portion of your pelvis. And sometimes you might feel pain on the pubic bone at the front of the pelvis. And if it's more SI joint related pain, you might talk about just having butt pain or like pain in your glutes, or, you know, sometimes you might think it's sciatica, but 
it's actually pelvic girdle pain. So typically this is going to be aggravated by things that involve twisting. You know, so if you're like rolling over in bed, even walking or getting up in and out of a car or sometimes out of a chair, all all those things are going to affect the pain that you feel in your pelvic girdle. From the research, it looks like there's a lot of contributing factors that could make this occur for you. So if you've had previous low back pain, if you've had previous pregnancy or low back pelvic girdle pain, and if you do a lot of strenuous work, those are pretty high risk factors for pregnancy predicted pelvic girdle pain. But if you do have pelvic girdle pain, one of the best things you can do is go and see your healthcare practitioner they can evaluate you and help you figure out how to manage the pain. So in some countries, they're called physiotherapists. In the United States, they're called pelvic floor physical therapists. And sometimes they can have a really important role in treating this. Chiropractors can also help treat this with different manual therapy techniques. So it's important to talk to them about those techniques, but it's also important to keep exercising There was one study that showed that pregnant women who exercised more than three times per week between weeks 17 and 21 were significantly less likely to have pelvic girdle pain in the final trimester, which is great. There are a couple specific things that you can make a mental note of for yourself that might be adjustments that you can make to exercises you're already doing. So... Bird dogs, if you've done these before, this is an exercise that I program often for my pregnant women that I work with, but basically you're on all fours and you lift the opposite arm and opposite leg up at the same time and you're extending them in front of and behind your body. And instead of lifting your leg off the floor, what you can do is just kind of slide your leg back so that it stays on the floor if that makes sense. So your foot is still resting on the floor as your leg slides back. If you're doing things like squats and you're having pain on the front of your pelvis, you might want to make your stance a little bit less wide. That can alleviate the pain as well. And also if you, you know, if you're standing on one leg and you're noticing that that's contributing to the pain, you can also eliminate that as well. So There's some things that you can do, like putting a pillow in between your knees when you're sleeping in bed and keeping that there as you try to roll in and out of bed that can help. Just reducing the length of a lot of the things that you're doing for stepping. So if you're lunging forward, just take a smaller step. Or if you're walking, take smaller steps. All of these things can help with reducing pelvic girdle pain and There's a lot of things you can actually do to be proactive. So I do want to encourage you if you do, if you have had any of these types of pain, like incontinence, pelvic pain, low back pain, or pelvic girdle pain, that the first thing you should always do is go talk to your healthcare professional, your medical provider about it. But then the second thing I would recommend doing is getting involved in some type of exercise program that can help you be proactive in managing these symptoms. So I hope that you got some good information today from this. And if you want to find out about more things you can do, you can actually head over to my website, smartbellsfitness.com. And I've got a free download for you. If you're pregnant, it's called the expecting mama's fit pregnancy guide. So you can go ahead and check that out. 
and I will talk to you soon. Hey mama, thanks for tuning in today. Really quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple podcasts. I get really excited every time I see that this show has positively impacted your life in some way. If you would do that for me, I would be so grateful. The second thing you can do is just tell another mama you think could benefit from listening to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. That's it for now. I'll see you back here soon.